This training is to support the new Pharmacy Quality Payment Scheme, which forms part of the new Community Pharmacy Contractual Framework. My name is Judith Poulton, and I am a community pharmacist with a special interest in healthcare education. Before we begin this podcast, please remember you and the team can watch the online training, download your certificate after completing your CPD questions, and get access to useful resources by logging on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. In today's training, we will look at what the requirements are to get through the gateway criteria, what the key components of the new PQS are, and what you will need to do to meet them. And finally, we will look at what resources, information and data collection forms are available to help you to meet the required standards. To make it easier for you to navigate the Pharmacy Quality Scheme, we have divided the training into a set of modules so that you can dip in and out of them depending on you and your team's requirements. In the rest of this module, we will look at the gateway criteria and then there will be a separate module on each of the following composite bundles, risk management and safety, medicine safety audits and prevention. The primary care networks, asthma and digital enablers bundles are all together in another module, and this module also includes the CPD questions on the whole course. Like previous schemes, PQS comprises of the gateway criteria, which you must meet in order to claim any payment, and the quality criteria themselves, which have been divided into six domains. As previously, each domain within the quality criteria is worth points. The 75 million funding budget will be divided between the pharmacy contractors who have achieved the quality criteria. A point will be worth up to a maximum of £126 and a minimum of £64 in the case of all pharmacy contractors achieving maximum points. The other important fact to note is that there is not a single review point. Instead, pharmacy contractors have to make a declaration on the day of their choosing between 9am on the 3rd of February 2020 and 11.59pm on the 28th of February 2020 that they meet the gateway criteria and that they also meet the domains for which they are claiming. The only exception to this is if you are planning to meet the sugared sweetened beverage criterion by the 31st of March 2020. Your pharmacy will be paid on the 1st of April 2020. The declaration will need to be made on the NHS Business Services Authority, NHS BSA, Manage Your Services application, which you should already have signed up for. If you have not, please do this as soon as possible and information on how to do this is on the resources page. The MYS PQS section will be open for the declaration period for contractors to see how they are assessed against national data sets for meeting the gateway criteria requirements. We will look at the four gateway criteria first. Remember, your pharmacy needs to achieve all of these before you can claim any money for the quality criteria. Three out of the four gateway criteria are the same or similar to the previous scheme, and we will look at them in turn, starting with advanced services. 
On the day of your declaration, your pharmacy must be offering the new medicine service and or the NHS Community Pharmacy Seasonal Influenza Vaccination Advanced Service. Please remember, you need to ensure that both these services are listed on your NHS profile page. The second gateway states that on the day of your declaration, the staff at your pharmacy must be able to send and receive NHS mail from their shared premises NHS mail account, which must have at least two live linked accounts. Remember, you need to keep an account active and it must be accessed every 90 days and the password changed every 365 days. Please also ensure that you are sending emails from the shared account. For more information about this, please look at the information on the resources page. The third gateway criterion is about your pharmacy's entry on nhs.uk and ensuring that it is up to date. You must ensure that all information about your pharmacy, including the services you offer, the facilities you have available, for example disabled parking etc, and your opening hours, that is your core and supplementary hours, and all your bank holiday information, including Easter Sunday 2020, are up to date on the date of the review. The bank holiday information you must include is on the screen, and this can be added to your profile by creating a public holiday and other special dates entry on your NHS profile. Your entry must be edited or validated on the site between 12am on Tuesday the 1st of October 2019 and 11.59pm on Saturday the 30th of November 2019. I suggest you do this sooner rather than later in case there is a problem. Even if everything is correct, you must log in and validate the entry. Please note this must be completed ahead of the declaration period, which is different from previous schemes. Failure to do this within the time period will mean that the gateway has been failed and the pharmacy will not be entitled to claim a PQS payment. Please note that your pharmacy should pay particular attention to this gateway criterion, as it has caused the most issues, as in previous schemes, all three profiles, that is opening hours, services provided and facilities available, have not been updated or validated. Please keep a screenshot of the profiles showing the date of updating or validation, as this can be used for verification purposes. There is a link to the NHS website profile user guide and to the profile editor on the resources page on the right hand side of the screen. The last gateway criterion is about safeguarding and states that on the day of your declaration, 80% of all registered pharmacy professionals, that is pharmacists including locums and registered technicians working at your pharmacy, must have achieved level two safeguarding for children and vulnerable adults in the two years prior to the date of your pharmacy's declaration. Please therefore make sure you check when each of your professionals lasted this training to ensure that it complies with the two-year deadline and ensure that a copy of their certificate is kept on your pharmacy premises. Please note that on the day of your declaration, each registered professional counts as one, regardless of how many hours they work on that day. Your pharmacy will be able to check that you have met the following three gateway criteria, advanced services, NHS mail and NHS website, 
as the NHS BSA will publish regular verification reports on the PQS page ahead of the declaration period. And we suggest that you do check this information before making your declaration. There are six composite bundles that make up quality criteria and all activities within the bundle need to be met to receive payment. The bundles are risk management and safety, medicine safety audits, prevention, primary care networks, asthma and digital enablers. Once you have completed all of the bundles, please complete the CPD questions at the end of the final module, which is module five. These questions cover both the gateway criteria and the six composite bundles. We have now come to the end of module one. Please now move on to module two, which covers the risk management and safety composite bundle. Welcome to module two. In this module, we will be looking at the risk management and safety composite bundle. We will now look at the key points in each bundle, starting with the risk management and safety bundle first. This bundle is about continuing the development of a safety culture within community pharmacy. This bundle is worth 30 points, which is equivalent to a minimum payment of £1,920 and a maximum payment of £3,840 for your pharmacy and has five parts to it, all of whom need to be completed by the day of your pharmacy's declaration. The five parts are 80% of all registered professionals need to have satisfactorily completed the CPP Risk Management Training and Assessment. 80% of all registered professionals need to have satisfactorily completed the CPPE sepsis training and assessment and can demonstrate that they can use this learning to respond in a safe and appropriate way if a person is suspected of having sepsis. Please note that the sepsis training consists of six case studies, all of which need to be completed. All team members also need to be aware of sepsis warning symptoms and know that they need to refer to a pharmacist as soon as possible. To support this, Virtual Outcomes have a sepsis course in the library for the team, which includes a certificate. The previous risk review that was completed by the pharmacy team at the pharmacy as part of the 2018-19 QPS needs to have been updated since the last review date of the 15th of February 2019. It must include a recorded reflection on the identified risk and the risk minimisation actions that the pharmacy team have been taking and any further actions identified as a result of the team's reflection on that risk. Included in the NHS England PQS Annexes document, there is a template to help support this reflection and there is a link to this on the resources page. This risk review must also include the risk of missing the symptoms of sepsis as a new risk and your pharmacy must record the demonstrable actions required to minimise this risk. Before your team complete this, it would be prudent for your pharmacy professionals to have completed their CPPE training and your team to have completed their team training. Please note that if your pharmacy did not claim for the risk management quality criterion previously, you must have a risk review that contains two identified risks as part of this review, including the risk of missing sepsis. This review must be available on your pharmacy's premises. 
80% of all registered professionals need to have satisfactorily completed the CPPE's Lookalike Soundalike LASA training and assessment. And finally, you need to write a new safety report for your pharmacy premises that covers from the last review point of the 15th of February 2019, or, if not previously claimed, the whole year. This report should incorporate learnings from the CPPE LASA training, as well as an analysis of incidents and incident patterns taken from your ongoing log, reflection on learnings from incidents and near misses, and evidence of any shared learnings both locally and nationally, and any actions that have been taken in response to national safety alerts. The NHS Annex document on the resources page has two useful documents, Annex 4 and 5, that will help collate this information. Your new safety report should also be able to demonstrate that your pharmacy has actively identified and managed any risks associated with the specified LASA medicines identified by the National Reporting and Learning System. They can be seen on the screen now. You should also include any incidents where mitigation has failed to prevent any LASA incident or near miss from occurring and what subsequent actions you have taken. You and your team should be able to show in your pharmacy how you have reduced risks by, for example, physical separation, fatigue reduction strategies, labels on shelving or enhanced checking procedures. You will also need to upload any LASA incidents onto the National Reporting and Learning System and mark the incident as a LASA incident on the report and keep evidence of the fact you have done this in the pharmacy. We have also put the link on the resources page to the CPPE PQS page, which includes the risk management module. Please note that it would be good practice to get any trainee pharmacists and tech dispensers to do the training, although it will be only the registered professionals working on the day your pharmacy declares that count towards the declaration process. We have now come to the end of this module. Please now view the next training module on the Medicine Safety Composite Bundle. The next composite bundle we will look at is the Medicine Safety Audits Bundle, which complements the GP Quality Outcomes Framework Quality Improvement Module. The aim of the audit is to reduce the risk of harm to your patients who are prescribed medicines which are highly effective, however also have a high risk of causing harm. Your pharmacy may wish to use this as an opportunity to work together with local practices. It is worth 25 points, which is equivalent to a minimum payment of £1,600 and a maximum payment of £3,200. This bundle comprises of three different audits, one of which was included in last year's QPS. As in the last bundle, all the audits will need to have been completed by the day of your pharmacy declaration to claim payment. The first audit relates to lithium. Your pharmacy will need to complete an audit over three consecutive months aligned to the requirements of the NPSA alert on lithium, although you will only need to ask each of your lithium patients once to complete the survey in the time frame. If your patients on lithium don't collect their lithium personally, then you or your team need to attempt to have the discussion on the phone. 
If this fails, you must record the fact that you have tried to contact the patient on their PMR. When a patient is initially prescribed lithium, the prescriber should give them a pack containing patient information, a lithium alert card and a record book for tracking their serum and lithium concentrations. The patient should bring their record book with them when collecting medication. If they don't bring the record book, you and your team should remind them of the importance of having it with them when they do collect their medication. There is a link on the resources page if you require a lithium treatment pack. The 14 audit questions can be found in Annex 6 and are to ensure that the patient has a good understanding about their medication and is having regular bug tests during the recommended timeframes. You must also record the following information on the patient's PMR. That they have had all relevant tests, for example blood tests to check for kidney and thyroid function and calcium levels, as well as had their lithium levels checked, or they have not had the tests, or they don't know whether they've had the tests, and finally, if the patient was referred as appropriate. When you are ready to start your audit, you will need to check your PMR system to check whether you have dispensed lithium in the previous three-month period. If you have not dispensed any, your pharmacy will need to carry out a safety audit on your patients who have prescribed, in order of preference, the following medicines. Methotrexate, amiodarone or phenobarbital. You need to follow the same process, that is check your PMR records for the previous three consecutive months and you will then need to use the appropriate questions for the medicine you are auditing, which are respectively in Annex 7, 8 and 9. Remember, you will also have to add the same details to the patient's record as stated in the lithium audit, which we have already covered. Finally, if your pharmacy has not dispensed any of the four medicines to be audited, then once you have selected your three-month consecutive period, you should conduct the audit on the first prescription you receive for one of the four medicines. For example, if the first prescription is for methotrexate, then you should continue to complete the audit on this and not change to lithium. If you receive no prescriptions at all during your selected three-month period for any of the four medicines, you will need to declare on the NHS BSA MYS portal the start and finish date of your three-month period. The second audit is a Valparate safety audit and will be completed over three consecutive months for all girls and women of childbearing potential who have had Valparate dispensed from your pharmacy. A safety alert was issued in 2018 and a copy is on the resources page. It is expected that you and your team will have implemented the actions described in the alert, but you may want to check this before commencing the audit. Once you have chosen your consecutive three-month period, pharmacists should check the records of all girls and women of childbearing potential to ensure that they have received the following. A patient card. This should happen every time a pack is dispensed and it is included in original packs of sodium valparate or there is a link to it on the resources page attached to this training. A patient guide. This also is available on the resources page and that the patient is aware of the risks of becoming pregnant and the need to use highly effective contraception and, if they are not using it, that they are referred to their GP or specialist and this is noted on the patient's PMR. 
and finally that the patient is aware that they need an annual specialist review. If there is a record of all of the above on the patient's PMR, then this should be noted on the data collection table, which can be found in Annex 10. If there is no record, then this should all be discussed when the patient receives their next prescription and added to the PMR, as well as logged on the data collection table during the three-month audit period. A copy of a patient card and patient guide should be provided. Please note that a patient guide should only be given if they have not received one previously or they no longer have a copy of the guide. You are only required to have this conversation once during the audit period. The last audit builds on the work done in the previous QPS clinical audit on non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, including COX-2 inhibitors. On the day your pharmacy completes their review, you and your team should have built into your daily practice the findings and recommendations from the previous audit you completed in the over-65s taking these medicines without gastroprotection, including referral to an appropriate healthcare professional for a review. The link to the report is on the resources page. You and your team will need to repeat this audit in all your 65-year-olds and over, including notifying the patient's GP where you identify any concerns. You will need to collect data over a two-week period with a minimum sample size of 10 patients. If, after two weeks, you have not achieved the minimum required, you will need to extend the data collection period to four weeks, after which you can submit the data. Please remember to try and contact patients by phone if they do not personally collect their medicines, that is, have them delivered or live in a care home. It may be appropriate to speak to an identified patient representative, family member or member of care staff. If you can't contact the patient and there is a potential risk, then the prescriber should be contacted to suggest a review with that patient. The online portal to submit data will be open from 12 o'clock on the 3rd of October. You will also need to incorporate any new learnings from the re-audit into your pharmacy's future practice. If your pharmacy did not complete this audit as part of the last QPS review point of the 15th of February 2019, and you wish to claim this criterion, this time you must complete the audit for the first time and the other elements as described above. Finally, you must submit your information, including the start and end date of your audit, for all the audits using the NHS BSA MYS application. Note that no patient identifiable data should be submitted. Please ensure, if you choose not to use the NHS audit collection forms that have been referred to during this training, that you have captured all the required information, as you will need to input all of it onto the MYS application. You will need to keep all the audit records in your pharmacy for at least two years. We have now come to the end of this module. Please now view the next training module on the Prevention Composite Bundle. Welcome to Module 4. In this module, we will be looking at the Prevention Composite Bundle. The third bundle we will look at is the Prevention Bundle. 
And this focuses on the contribution that you and your team can make in the prevention of ill health, reduction of disease burden, reduction of health inequalities and support of health and well-being. It is worth 25 points, which is equivalent to a minimum payment of £1,600 and a maximum payment of £3,200 for your pharmacy and has five parts to it, all of whom need to be completed by the day of your pharmacy declaration. The five parts are 1. The pharmacy needs to be a Level 1 Healthy Living Pharmacy, HLP. HLPs now need to re-accredit every three years, whether they were accredited locally or they completed the profession-led self-assessment process. Please note that being an HLP Level 1 will form part of the essential services from April 2020. There are three ways your pharmacy can demonstrate meeting this competency. 1. If your pharmacy has been previously accredited locally in the three years leading up to the date of your declaration, you must keep up-to-date evidence of having met this criterion. 2. Similarly, if your pharmacy completed the requirements of the profession-led self-assessment process via the RSPH register, that you have evidence of having done so in the three years leading up to the date of your declaration. 3. Finally, If your pharmacy has not yet completed the self-assessment process for becoming a Level 1 HLP or where your self-assessment or local accreditation has expired, your pharmacy will need to keep a portfolio of evidence and complete an assessment of compliance signed by a pharmacy professional. The information about how to reach the standards required to complete the assessment of compliance is on the resources page. Please remember, you require a leader who has completed HLP leadership training and there is a link on the resources page to an online course. You also require a full-time equivalent member of the team to have completed health champion training and virtual outcomes have an online accredited course. Every patient-facing staff member of your team, including your drivers and any locums working in your pharmacy on the day of your declaration, needs to be a dementia friend. There is a link on the resources page and your organisation will need to register and once registered your team can watch the various videos that illustrate how you and your team can support your customers with dementia. You may want to consider introducing dementia friend training as part of any future inductions for new joins. There is also information on the resources page on how to order badges. The third thing in this bundle is that your pharmacy needs to have completed the dementia-friendly environment checklist for your pharmacy and then have made an action plan which includes making some demonstrable recorded changes in line with the guidance in the checklist. The checklist is in Annex 11 of the Annex document and there is a link to it on the resources page. The fourth thing in this bundle is that you and your team will need to check with all your diabetic patients aged 12 or over who present from the 1st of October to the 31st of January have had an annual foot and eye check in the last 12 months. You will only need to ask each patient once during the audit period and you will need to attempt to contact patients who don't collect their medication directly by other means, for example by phone or via their representatives or care home staff. Once you have spoken to them, you will need to make a note on their PMR of the answers to the questions and whether they have been referred, and if yes, to whom. 
you will also need to keep a record of the data collected so that you can report it on the MYS application on the day of your declaration. The data that needs to be collected is stated in Annex 12 and the link to this is on the resources page. Please note that there is a short virtual outcomes training module in the course library on this audit, including forms you can use to collect the information and to help identify your patients. The final part of this bundle relates to the sale of sugary drinks. The aim of this criterion is to ensure that your pharmacy environment promotes healthy living and aligns to the rest of the NHS in helping both staff and the public avoid sweetened beverages. This builds on the children's oral health module that your pharmacy was previously asked to complete. On the day that your pharmacy declares your sales of sugar-sweetened beverages from your pharmacy must account for no more than 10% by volume in litres of all beverages sold, or you must declare that you will be meeting this criterion by the 31st of March 2020. On the resources page you will find the definition of added sugar. We have now come to the end of this module. Please now view the next training module, Module 5, which includes the Primary Care Network's Composite Bundle, the Asthma Composite Bundle and the Digital Enablers Bundle, as well as the CPD questions. Thank you. Welcome to Module 5. This module covers the Primary Care Network's Asthma and Digital Enablers Composite Bundles and also has your CPD questions at the end. The CPD questions cover all of the modules. The fourth bundle focuses on primary care networks and the number of points available for this bundle will depend on whether someone in your pharmacy is the agreed PCN lead or not. If they are the agreed lead, there is 22.5 points available, which is equivalent to a minimum payment of £1,400 and a maximum payment of £2,800 for your pharmacy. If your pharmacy is not the lead, there is 12.5 points available, which is equivalent to a minimum payment of £800 and a maximum payment of £1,400. Your pharmacy must identify which PCN you will align yourselves to, and you will then need to work with other community pharmacies in the same PCM. On the day of your pharmacy declaration, you must be able to demonstrate that your pharmacy and all the other pharmacies in the same primary care network have agreed a collaborative approach to engage with that PCM. This must include appointing a named lead representative for all the community pharmacies who wish to engage with that PCN as a single channel of communication. If you are the appointed named pharmacy PCN lead, you must give your name to the local pharmaceutical committee, i.e. LPC, in which the PCN lies and must have demonstrable evidence that you have started engaging with your PCM. This evidence should include the fact that you have made initial contact with the PCN's clinical director, either through written correspondence in the form of an email or via post or have arranged a meeting with them or have had a meeting. If your pharmacy wishes to claim this bundle, you must submit the name of the PCN you have lined your pharmacy to, the name of the appointed pharmacy PCN lead and their pharmacy name and ODS code. If you are the appointed PCN lead, 
To claim the full 22.5 points, you need to declare the following. 1. That you are the appointed pharmacy lead for the PCM. 2. The name of the PCN. And 3. The fact that you have notified the LPC as already stated in this training and you have evidence of having started the engagement process. There is more information on the PSNC website and there is a link on the resources page. And we also suggest that you check with your LPC to see how they are managing this process. We will now move on to look at the next composite bundle, asthma. The asthma bundle is worth five points, which is the equivalent of a minimum payment of £320 and a maximum payment of £640 for your pharmacy and builds on the work that Community Pharmacy has done previously. On the day of the declaration, your pharmacy will need to show evidence that your asthmatic patients who have had more than six short-acting bronchodilators dispensed without a corticosteroids inhaler in the last six months since the last QPS review point on the 15th of February 2019 have been referred to an appropriate healthcare professional for an asthma review. If your pharmacy has previously claimed this criterion, you will need to conduct a new review. You will also need to have evidence to show that you and your team in the pharmacy have ensured that all children aged 5 to 15 who have been prescribed a press and breathe corticosteroid inhaler for asthma have a spacer device where appropriate and have a personalised asthma plan. Your pharmacy must be able to show evidence that you have referred these patients to an appropriate healthcare professional if required, that is, they don't have an asthma plan, etc. If your pharmacy identifies no patients for referral, you can still claim the payment if you can show evidence that you have a process in place to identify suitable patients and that you have been actively looking for them. Please make a note on the patient's PMR of any intervention or referral made. We will now move on to look at the last composite bundle, which is the Digital Enabler Bundle. The Digital Enabler Bundle is worth 2.5 points, which is the equivalent of a minimum payment of £160 and a maximum payment of £320 for your pharmacy, and has two parts to it, both of which need to be completed by the date of your pharmacy declaration. Part 1. Your pharmacy must have updated your NHS Directory of Services DOS profile using the DOS updater. Your profile must include the opening hours of all public and bank holidays from Christmas Day 2019 up to and including the Spring Bank Holiday on Monday the 25th of May 2020. You must also include your opening hours for Easter Sunday 2020. On the day of your declaration, your pharmacy will need to confirm that your information is correct on DOS. Please note, you must complete this update between 12am on the 1st of October 2019 and 11.59pm on the 30th of November 2019, which is ahead of the declaration period and different from previous schemes. Information on how to update your profile is on the resources page. To achieve the second part of this criterion, your pharmacy will need to have used your summary care records, SCR, between 12am on the 1st of October 2019 and the day that your pharmacy makes its declaration. To support contractors, 
NHS Digital publishes details of SCR access made by each community pharmacy. This information is published every Thursday and we suggest that your pharmacy checks the data to confirm that your pharmacy has accessed SCR and you take a screenshot of this for validation purposes. There is a link on the resources page to the data. We have now come to the end of the training on the Pharmacy Quality Scheme, PQS. It is important to understand that PQS is not just about completing an operation, e.g. an audit to get the associated financial reward, but is also about fundamentally changing how you and your team work. Checking whether children aged 5 to 15 have an asthma plan or that patients over 65 on non-steroidals have gastroprotection needs to become business as usual as we move into community pharmacies playing a more important clinical role. Thank you for listening. I hope you have enjoyed this training and have a better understanding on what you and your team need to do to achieve maximum points. If you want to view the online training, have access to both your certificate and the resources tab, please log on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. We would also like to use this opportunity to ask you to encourage the rest of your colleagues to view the video.